So in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, truth, judgment, Jesus, and what's the difference between opinion, fact, and truth. So if you're interested in any of these subjects, just stay tuned. We're going to get right into it. Thanks for joining us again. So before we begin, um, we're just assuming, or I'm just assuming, that you're listening to this and you believe in the Bible, and you believe in Jesus Christ. And so if you do assume that those two things are true, then hopefully this makes sense. If you don't, maybe something that we say will sway you in that direction. But either way, just listen, hear me out. If you have any questions or anything, just send me a message or, you know, give me a buzz. Anyway. So um, in John chapter 1, verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So the law, the 613 laws of the Old Testament, was for us to realize that we can't do 613 laws perfectly. Um, we had to have help. So if we had to have help, and God was uh, directing people in that direction, even if it was for punishment or for discipline or for mercy over hundreds of years before they were destroyed or punished, if God, you know, gave uh, these judges and kings and prophets um, the word of God, then the law was given. So if the law was given and we couldn't possibly do all 613, we could have do a few, and they try to stay close as possible to the law. But it revealed in us that we are sinners and now can be saved by grace. So Jesus Christ came, fulfilled the law. So the law was fulfilled. So if you're not under Jesus, you're still under the law, and the law requires blood. So either they, it requires your blood, which is not holy, or it requires Jesus Christ's blood, which is holy. So would you rather stay in the Old Testament where death and you cannot do the law or be with Jesus? He fulfills the law. That means he fills up the law. That means he has done all the law has required. And because he died, now we can live in grace and truth instead of under the law. So Jesus's blood helps us in the New Testament when we accept and, and follow in faith uh, what God tells us to be saved then we are under grace and truth rather than the law. The punishment of the law is death. The punishment underneath Jesus was punishing Jesus for him to die three days resurrected. And now he gives us an opportunity to have grace and truth. Now this word truth is an interesting word because all over the New Testament, we get this idea that truth comes from Jesus. In John 3.21, it says, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. John 3.33, whoever has accepted, it has certified that God is truthful. John 4, 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. 
Now, so if this truth is being set all over the place, then what is the truth? So we have to ask the question, is there absolute truth? That means truth does not change over culture, time, periods, um, interpretation. Truth is truth. So it does not change. If it's not truth and it's opinion or fact, truth does not change. John 8.32 says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So if we know the truth and the truth will set us free, then we need to know Jesus who has given us the truth. So if we don't follow Jesus, then we're not in the truth and we do not have an absolute truth in our life. If you are following Jesus, then Jesus in John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here's Jesus saying, I am the way to go. I am the truth. I'm the one that never changes, that has established right and wrong, and he's the life. So if we are under the truth, if we're under the way, if we're following Jesus, then we have life everlasting. Not just physical life, but spiritual life in the hereafter. So the way, the truth, and life is only found through Jesus. And if Jesus is God, which he is, Jesus is God, then God, through Jesus, has given us the truth. So if we don't follow the truth, then it's an opinion or it's a fact. And we'll talk about that later, what the differences are. So John 16, 13 says, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given to Christians who walk by faith. So Christians have the truth only because Jesus has revealed the truth. It's not that Christians are better than anybody. Actually, we are supposed to serve and we're supposed to submit. The only reason why we tell the truth in love is because Jesus has established the truth. So if you want to argue with a Christian, you're really arguing with Jesus because Jesus has established the truth and the Christian is just telling the truth. So the truth has come from Jesus. So if we've established Jesus is the truth and he's the foundation, then there is absolute truth that does not change. But once we have the absolute truth, what do we do? Stay tuned. All right, so we've established that absolute truth comes from God. And Jesus loves us. So when somebody loves you, they're going to tell you the truth. Even if the truth hurts. So when there's an established truth, then we know what's right and wrong. And if we know what's right and wrong, then even if the person gets offend offended by it, it is still the truth. The truth does not change. We must change. God expects us to change, not the truth to change, to fit our little whatever we think about. But we have to do it in love. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, 6. So love does not delight in evil. It's not going to point the finger, bash you over the head, and hate you because you don't agree with the truth. 
but we're going to do it in love, but still teach the truth, even if it offends people. So it's your choice to be offended. It's your choice to follow the truth. It's your choice to not accept it. It's your choice to accept it and to have faith and follow it in love. But we're not doing it out of spite or out of hate. We're doing it because we love you. Just because we don't agree with somebody does not necessarily we don't love them. They have to submit themselves to God. It has nothing to do with us. And so Ephesians 4.15 says, instead of speaking the truth in love, instead, I'm sorry, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is in the head, that is Christ. So when we speak the truth in love, there's absolute truth, it doesn't change, but we have to do it in love. We can't do it out of hate or spite or evil. Then we're going to then we're going to grow in our bodies a mature Christian. So a mature Christian submits to God and follows what God says, despite their feelings, despite their desires, despite their interpretation into culture. They're going to follow God because we love God and God loves us through Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is the truth, then in love, we're going to teach the truth. So judgment is has been thrown around as a bad word. It's not a bad word. Judgment is discerning between right and wrong. But we have to do it in love. Because even in 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, through belief in the truth. So when we believe in Jesus, then we get the real definition of love, which is agape love, which is unconditional love. If we stand firm in the unconditional love of the truth, then yes, we need to judge between right and wrong. Look at 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So our love for people has to be not only words or speech, but it has to be actions. So our actions have to meet the love that we see from Jesus. A lot of people would just do all truth and no love, and that becomes hatred or legalist. And people would do all love and no truth, and that becomes liberal or, or people who don't believe that there's absolute truth. So it has to be a balance between love and truth when you're going to judge between right and wrong. Even Jesus says, take the speck, the piece of what out of your own eye before you take the speck out of another person's eye. So you need to be right with God before you can go to another Christian and say, hey, this is something wrong. Let's work on it together in love. So yes, we can tell the truth other Christians in love. Now, telling it to non-Christians is very hard since they don't believe in absolute truth. They don't believe in Jesus. You can still tell the truth in love, but it might take a while. It might take years, months, decades for them to realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to heaven or comes to God without Jesus. Once they've established that Jesus is the truth and the way, then we can tell them in love and truth to get the speck out of their own eye, to get the sin out of their own life. 
and judge it because we're judging on God's truth, not our own. So if we have absolute truth, then there can be judgment between right and wrong as long as we do it in love. So let's keep going. Since we have absolute truth, since we can judge between right and wrong, because Jesus is the basis of truth and it never changes, then Jesus is the author. So again, if we can have absolute truth, we can distinguish between right and wrong because we're basing it on Jesus. Then we know how to live as a Christian because Jesus is the author of right and wrong. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24. So I tell you this and insist out on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. So you have not learned to be a worldly, sinful person. You have learned to be with Jesus because Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the absolute truth. Jesus has given us the Bible that is true. So we know how to live. We don't have to live as sinners or as the world does. We are going to live differently, not in pride, not in pointing the finger, but in a different way to love others, even our enemies. So listen to the rest of this. Ephesians chapter four, verse 20. That, however, is not the way you life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So what does it say? Jesus is the truth. He's the one that tells you what's right and what's wrong. Not society, not culture, not your own opinion, not your own desires. Jesus tells you what's right and what's wrong. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its de deceitful desires. So when we become a Christian, we are not supposed to act like our old self. We're supposed to act like a new creation, a new person, a new creation of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, understanding, um, and righteousness. Look at verse 23. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we're supposed to act like Jesus. And how did Jesus act? He acted humbly. He acted right. He told the truth in love. He um, had patience and he was perfect in his anger, that he did not sin in his anger. He, he got angry at stuff, the right stuff, but he did not sin in his anger. He didn't curse. He didn't lie. He didn't cheat. He didn't steal. He didn't commit adultery. He didn't have sensual desires that were against God's word. Jesus was fully human and fully God at the same time. And Jesus is the one who tells us what's right and wrong. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one that will change us into a new creation, a new attitude of our minds. To think of others first before ourselves, to think of God and what he wants instead of what we want. 
it's a whole mind shift. It's a whole life shift that we're not relying on our opinion or our facts or our physical life anymore. We're relying on a spiritual destination. We're not relying on Jesus's words, not our own. And if Jesus wrote the whole Bible through the Holy Spirit, through these men and women, then this is a holy book and a holy book is righteous and blessed by Jesus, blessed by God to tell us what is right and wrong. And so we need to follow the Bible. And when we follow the Bible, we can distinguish between two things. Let's talk about that. Here we go. Last section. I know it's been a heavy subject this time. Next time we'll do some fun stuff. Uh, but I just wanted to get this out. So what is the difference between fact, truth, and opinion? Okay. We need to establish this. Because a lot of people throw the, these words around like they're water or like they're, you know, they have no definition. But um, let's let's talk about these. The, they're similar in somewhat, but um, different in a lot of ways. And so let's talk about the differences first. So a fact is a thing that is known or proved to be true. So a fact is something that is proven to be true in a, in a certain way, a scientific way. Now, if that science comes out and disproves that fact, that fact can change because then it's based on what we've observed and what we've come to realize through knowledge and, and proven in a physical way. Then we have opinion. Opinion is a view or judgment formed about something, not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. So opinion, everybody has an opinion, just like everybody has a nose. Everybody has an opinion. Opinions typically are not based on fact or knowledge. Opinions could be feelings. It could be, you know, what you think that something is or something's not. It's a judgment call based on you. So opinions are based on yourself or your personal personal beliefs. Um, and then we get to truth. Truth is way different than fact and opinion. Fact can change sometimes if we've proven it wrong. Then it becomes another fact. Or fact, most of the time, is 99% right, and then we can maybe disprove it by another fact or another experiment. Opinions always change. Good grief. Things I liked yesterday, may I not like it today. But truth is the quality or state of being true. That means it does not change. It is in accordance with fact or the reality of that something does not change. It's good for all cultures, all other things, all life. So we don't base our belief in Jesus on fact or opinion. We base our belief on Jesus under truth. We accept the truth that Jesus is King, Savior, Lord, brother, um, friend, Savior of the world. We base it on truth that does not change. That does not change. Fact and opinion can change, but truth stays the same. No matter what is happening in the world. So hopefully we base our life on something that does not change. Now, I'm not saying we can't have fact or opinion or we can't study. What I'm saying is that we need to start with absolute truth that does not change. And then we can base all of our worldview on that 
one thing that does not change, which is Jesus. Once we've established that he is the truth, the way, and the life, everything else opens spiritually in our knowledge, and then we can help with the physical world. Everyone, everyone has a worldview based on something, based on fact, opinion, or truth. Christians put our belief and our worldview in truth, which is Jesus, and Jesus tells us what's right and wrong, so we can judge between right and wrong in our life and help others to do that the same. So pretty much my whole whole thing is here. There is absolute truth. There is a right and wrong, and it does not depend on us. It depends on Jesus. As long as we do it in love and in truth, we can bring other people to Jesus. You have a good day. Thanks for listening. Come back again. The next episode will probably be a little bit more fun. Thanks.